You are Locked On Rockies, your daily Colorado Rockies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rock On Rockies fans, welcome into another episode of the Locked On Rockies podcast. Proudly part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am Paul Holden, your host of this wonderful podcast for all things Rockies baseball. Interviews, breakdowns, stats, all sorts of fun stuff. You can find it here on the Locked on Rockies podcast. And today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. This episode brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS app store and find one of our Locked on Rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Hey, we broke down the series with the Mets yesterday, so we are going to dive into a crossover episode to preview the Pirates series and getting ready for uh, things here tonight as the Pirates take on the Rockies there in PNC Park there in Pittsburgh. First pitch, 435 Mountain Time, some early-ish baseball here for you Rockies fans. So that's going to be the show today. Let's dive in. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to Locked on Pirates. I am, of course, your host, Ethan Smith, who does the most, and welcome back to today's episode of Locked on Pirates on Friday, May 28th. I hope you all are having a great start to your weekend. I hope you make your way to PNC Park this weekend because the Pittsburgh Pirates continue their homestand, which they have not won a game yet in this homestand after being swept by Chicago, but they take on a team that's kind of in their ballpark a little bit in the Colorado Rockies. And today we are joined by the new host of Locked On Rockies for the first time here on Locked On Pirates, Mr. Paul Holden. How are you doing today, man? I am doing good. Looking forward to an exciting series of high caliber baseball this weekend from these two elite top level teams. Yes. Elite top level teams, both trying to get a top five pick. That's well, I would probably <laughs> look at it, but um. I, we were talking a little bit right before we started recording. Pittsburgh's taking a six-game losing streak into this series, and then a shocking development. And uh, listeners, by the way, Paul is a like I, as I could see with his video, a diehard Coloradian. Is that yes. what it would be? Coloradan, um, I think so. Coloradan. Yeah. Okay. Coloradan. Awesome. There's so many. But um, when the Rockies are not at home, though, uh, they have a 19 and 32 record overall, but they are three and 20 away from home this year. How much of a cause for concern is that going into a series against my Pirates where both teams, for the most part, I would say are evenly matched? You know, this is where this is a series where you hope the Rockies can turn some of their road uh, woes around. The one kind of thing I will give the Rockies is they have played a tough schedule and especially a tough schedule on the road. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, in, in our, in the division, the Rockies are in, you're going to have to do that a lot though. You got to leave course field and you got to go compete against the the, uh, Dodgers and the Padres. Now I don't think they've made it to LA yet, but they, they just went to San Diego where they were swept. Um, So yeah, just kind of like you mentioned, I think these with these being two teams at the bottom of baseball, I think both teams really have a, a chance to, to do something, but We'll see if the Rockies can figure out how to hit on the road here. And, uh, mm. you know, that it's – I don't know if there's any concern when you're – at this point, you kind of understand what the team is. I'm, I'm not concerned, quote-unquote, about anything that the, the Pirates would be bringing. But um, it should be I – mean, I, I just think this is this is where you can see, though, you want some of your pieces to, to thrive, some of your pieces yeah. to take advantage of playing. You know, you want Ryan McMahon, who's been the big bright spot for the team this year, to, to – 
to show off a little bit. And we'll see about Trevor Story. I haven't followed anything after yesterday um, with uh, him being taken out of the game uh, with some arm tightness, but it sounded like it was precautionary. So okay, seemed like there was anything too, too worrisome other than they're giving him a little bit of time there at the end of the game. Yeah, and that's going to be the unfortunate part of the series is, I mean, if he doesn't play in the series, both of these teams are missing their two best players with obviously Key Brian Hayes still being out since the second game of the year. Or, uh, the year. But we're nearing that time again going into next week where it looks like Hayes is going to be able to come back. He's already been rehabbing in Indianapolis. And I know um, for the Rockies, if you look at the pitching matchup, uh, pitching matchup specifically for tonight's game on Friday, I mean, John Gray has a clear advantage over Mitch Keller. Mitch Keller, if you didn't know, has not been exactly great this year. Uh, two and six with a 7.41 ERA. Uh, John Gray, meanwhile, has pitched 20 more innings and has a 3.43. So that could give you a little bit of an idea of how Mitch Keller's season has gone for him so far. But from what I'm seeing between the two, in 20 more innings pitched, Gray only has eight more strikeouts than Keller. So could that be like kind of like a little storyline to look at here with which team just doesn't strike out as many times? Couldn't win the series? I think that's a great uh, storyline to keep an eye on because the Rockies uh, offensively strike out a ton. They strike out a lot. So if Pittsburgh is able to to come out and and get the Rockies off balance, which doesn't seem too hard to do, I I can't remember. Never in my life, and I I don't have the stats to back this one up, so this is just going off the seat here. I feel like I've never watched the team strike out this much. It's crazy how many double-digit strikeout games that they have uh, this season. It's, it's absolutely insane. What's cause it's also frustrating. Cause you're watching some players that have completely redefined the way that they approach at the plate and cut down some of their strikeouts. But yeah, I, that's definitely something to watch in terms of John Gray. I think John Gray actually is a, a very good pitcher. I think mm-hmm. he's another piece that maybe might be on the move from the Rockies. There might be some people taking a look at him. He's a pretty solid, he's really good in that three, four role in your rotation. He's not going to, I think he can definitely be a solid piece in the middle. And if he's on, he's very, very good. And I don't necessarily know if, if not having um, a ton more strikeouts in the eight innings is, is cause of concern on, on John Gray's end. Cause like I said, I think it's more of a, a big deal for, for Pittsburgh pitching to take advantage of, of a Rockies team that strikes out a lot. Yeah. And ironically you say this, but apparently the Rockies are 16th in major league baseball in strikeouts, like as a hitting wow. team. So that just shows Pretty how many teams are striking out this year. I mean, that's yeah, I wild. Mean, you guys have 441 strikeouts. Tampa Bay, who's in first place, has 108 more strikeouts than you guys at 549. And keep in mind, if you look at the standings right now, the Tampa Bay Rays are the first place team in the American League East. But um, other than that, I mean, you look at the other two pitching matchups. I mean, you get Austin Gomber and JT Brubaker. I'm really looking forward to that. I think that's going to be a pretty fun little matchup between those two guys. Brubaker, to me, has been the best pitcher on this team. And then you get Kyle Freeland and then an undecided pitcher. So I would probably say you'll probably get to see Miguel Yahoure again, who has been that main pickup from the Jamison Tyone trade we made in the offseason. And I mean, this series, I think it's kind of the same for both of us. It's like win the series because this team is kind of like on an even playing field as you like this is not going to happen too often this year with both of these teams where they go into a series and they're going to be favored like Colorado is favored tonight on betonline.ag. I think you could even agree with me here, Paul, it's not going to happen too often. No, not at all. I mean, the Rockies to be in a, in a position uh, where they're considered the favorites 
is not going to happen a lot. And uh, yeah, like you said, this is, this is just, I think for both teams, you got to take advantage of this situation right here because it's only going to get harder. And uh, yeah, with this back half of the rotation, I mean, the thing to be really excited about for Rockies fans is to see how Kyle Freeland does in his second start. We got the first start after the injury. We got the four innings. He looked good. Wasn't completely sharp, but I would assume now with this being, you know, this second start, maybe see if we can push him a little bit further. I think it's a great opportunity, especially for Kyle to go up against a team like the pirates to really see if he can settle in and get his groove back before he has to get ready to take on the Padres, the the Dodgers and, uh, you know, other, other big names because the Rockies play the AL East this year. So, you know, they're also going to be seeing Oakland. They're going to be seeing, they, they did well against Houston already earlier in the year, but uh, you know, they're going to be, have to be ready for those, those teams as well. So I'm, that's probably out of all the pitching matchups. That's the one I'm the most excited for just because Kyle Freeland is something uh, uh, to have some optimism about uh, for the team right now, after coming back from his injury. Well, and based on a lot of the talking points we've made so far, um, it seems like both of us are a little stressed about our teams. So, you know, a great company to help you out with some of that stress and anxiety of watching your sports teams or wherever it comes from is Lucy Co., which is a nicotine company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, tobacco alternatives that don't suck. Ironically, I love that they say that part, but we're supposed to be more family friendly and they say that don't suck. But either way, Lucy Co. has researched and developed for three years to be made for people, not patients. They have nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors. They also have, I still can't pronounce this word, lozenge. Oh, uh, lozenge? Is it lozenge? No. It's probably lozenge, but lozenge with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors as well. Uh, They are also uh, FSA and SHA eligible, so you can use your FSA cards to purchase Lucy now. It's also convenient and discreet. They can be used anywhere on flights, going to work, even when you're at work, on the go, or in the gym. Um, and in 2021, get rid of the cigarettes, unplug your vape, throw out your dip, and get some Lucy nicotine gum today. Locked on MLB Network listeners, go to lucyco.com or .co and use promo code Locked on MLB to get 20% off of all your products in your first order. Warning, though, this product does contain nicotine derived from tobacco, and nicotine is an d- addictive chemical. So now that we jump into the next segment, I think yesterday... Uh, everybody in the locked on MLB network was kind of praying for you, Paul, because we <laughs> saw that Trevor story left the game yesterday with what they are now saying is arm tightness. But a lot of people obviously with the trade rumors going around with them kind of might've saw that that might've been the beginning of the end for his time in Colorado. What are your feelings on what you think you could get back for story and where do you feel like you would most be happy to see him go if he wasn't in Colorado? I got to preference this because uh, I, I don't I'm not happy with them going anywhere, to be totally honest. I'm not happy with the state of the team whatsoever, especially because the team doesn't need to be in the position they're in this year. Um, the Nolan Arenado trade, I, I always bring it up, but I, I think as Rockies fans can never truly I, I, don't, I just don't know how when to, you'll truly be over that one. So in terms of where I'd like him to go. Honestly, I'm happy if he competes and and we can get something back instead of trading away a a Hall of Fame player for Mm -hmm. uh, a pretty, you know, average pitcher so far. Austin Gomber, I feel bad for, but he's going to be under the microscope a ton. But he's not coming and setting the world on fire like when you watch Nolan Arenado play third base. And um, so you're just hoping that 
you're getting i'd like to see them pull in a a top 10 to 15 prospect from an organization you're not going to get people to trade you their farm system for trevor story at this point he's a rental for most teams i mean he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year and he's going to be and he's going to make money like there's just no with after what lindor was able to get and with just the the high pay that is at the shortstop position wherever he truly ends up he's going to make a lot of money um so you know uh, that's really where i hope he just is able to go to a place where he can compete right away get that love and passion for the game that we've seen come back to to nolan arenado because i i truly believe that trevor story is dealing with the fallout of the Nolan trade and the state of the Rockies right now, pretty Mm -hmm. tough with uh, just kind of his demeanor. I mean, he's been a leader. He's still there, but you're just seeing games or you're seeing stuff where not only is he unlucky, it just seems like he's kind of checked out. He's, you know, some games where he'll strike out two, three times a game. And it's like, that's rookie Trevor's story. That's that doesn't happen anymore. So um, I think, I think right now the Rockies, if they are able to get max value for Trevor's story, they should probably think about moving him before the deadline. I think every day that passes while great for us, Rockies fans, we get to watch Trevor's story one more day. You're just delaying the inevitable and, and maybe mm-hmm. losing that value uh, that, that people might see in him. However, on the flip side of that, you might have a team that's in a position come the, the break, uh, you know, right before uh, the trade deadline that really wants to make a splash and really wants to do something big and really go, you know, go in. So maybe the Rockies can get a little bit more there, but again, you're, you're, you're asking the Rockies to make a successful and quality trade in which the Rockies wow. have a horrible history of doing that. So what they will get for him is, is I think very far from what we'd hope, but I'd like to see two pro two to three prospects and a replacement. So, you know, and maybe the short, uh, the shortstop of the team, just someone to be able to that's major league ready. Um, and two prospects that range in that 10 to 25 range of, of maybe you shooting high on, on their top end prospects, but, but getting a couple of prospects that we think can really, you know, actually add something to this team and not, Totally. Uh, there's always this thing I think with pit trading in, in with Colorado is obviously the pitching always needs to be addressed, but let's get mm-hmm. some, defense. let's get some, let's get an exciting bat. Let's get someone who's going to come up and be able to provide some more offense. Cause that's what you're going to lose in Trevor's story. You're losing a guy that hits 500 foot home runs. Well, yeah, it helps that you're in Colorado to hit those 500 foot right. home runs. But I mean, if you kind of, I said this before the year and some people have agreed with me. I said two different things are going to happen before the season ended. I said Trevor Story was going to be wearing green and yellow, and I said that Chris Bryant was going to be wearing orange and blue, meaning that Trevor Story would go to the athletics and um, Chris Bryant would end up as a New York Met. Right now, I think the like the Trevor Story one is a little more reasonable just because the Cubs, after sweeping us now, are like right in the thick of the NL Central, and I think it's going to stay that way which some people jokingly said was the Pirates sabotaging them by keeping the core together in Chicago so that they just don't (laughs) ever do anything. But you're right about Trevor's story. The kid's going to get his money from somewhere. But if you're a team that's looking to trade for him, as you said, it's a rental. It's a damn good rental. I'll say that. It's a really good one. But it's also how much are you really willing to give a team when you if you do it right on deadline day, which I believe is July 31st, you're getting them for August and September, at least guaranteed. But then what happens if you don't make the postseason? You just basically traded maybe three or four prospects for a guy you had for two months. So that's where I'll ask you again, though, is where do you think he could compete and also like kind of get back to that acumen of enjoying baseball again? 
You know, I've heard some rumors about some connections to uh, Toronto, which maybe it'd be a tough year to play in Toronto right now. But that there's a lot of young and exciting pieces on that team. And, uh, you know, they, they hit the ball and there's a high energy that I think Trevor Story would be a great person to put around a Bichette and a, and a, and a Guerrero Jr. I think he would be a really great, you know, a, a hard-hitting, athletic, you know, basically a five-tool player. Trevor Story is very fast. He, he's really kind of the complete package in, in everything. So I think being able to bring him to a place like Toronto, he would have some success. And I mean, Oakland's not a bad place either. If Oakland, you know, Oakland's kind of a team where, especially with all the what-ifs and everything, why not go in and try to go and celebrate, you know, potentially the final season in Oakland or whatever it may be with a splash like that. That's why I think the Rockies, they've been, I guess they started saying that they don't plan on training uh, Trevor story before the deadline, but you know, you gotta, you gotta be ready and able to embrace it early. If you can get something good, as much as I want to watch Trevor story, be a Rocky for as long as possible, we want to maximize his value. Uh, and, and because he's not coming back to the team next year, unless you know, uh, you've had discussions somehow and you're able to convince him that this transitional period is going to be all about him. But I just don't see that happening. Um, I just hope he's not, I mean, you know, the Yankees are always a place. The Yankees have money. Okay. They have players. They can always trade and they're competitive. He'd be reunited with DJ LeMayhew, making it probably one of, you know, that combo of DJ and, and Trevor is one of the best middle infields that you'll find in baseball. I'm, I'm, yep believe it can't hard to believe that uh, not too long ago nolan arenado dj lemayhew and trevor story all were in the same infield um you know one piece away from i i would say probably one of the better best defense you know best infields that that's been put together but i would say you know keep your eyes out for something like a toronto or you know it'd be cool to see oakland but the rockies trade with two teams and it's the blue jays and the cardinals that's like the only two teams they ever mm -hmm. trade with so yeah. i i think toronto would be a cool place but i think if if trevor was traded to a team that's competitive right now, he would be fine because then he gets to go into the off season and control his own destiny. If he wants to go back to Texas and be a Ranger and join that team to try and help him do better. That's one thing. That's what some people say. I highly doubt that that's what he'd want to do, but um, anywhere that he can be competitive, I think he's going to, it's going to light a fire under him and, and people are going to be really, really excited to have him on their team. On a final note about story. I'd love to see him beside key Brian Hayes. I just know we wouldn't pay him and we yeah. wouldn't try to trade for them because we have no reason to. But you bring up maximizing assets, and if you want to maximize your assets with your first $5,000 being managed for free for life, you should definitely go to Wealthfront.com. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnMLB. And as I always say, nice little rhyme there. Wealthfront could create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. All you need is $500 to get started. Grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. That's Wealthfront.com slash MLB to start growing your savings and get started with just $500. Make sure you go to Wealthfront.com slash MLB and get started today. And Paul, I had to ask you, I know you're a little new to the network, but have you had Built Bars? Uh, I am waiting to get mine, but I have had a built bar in the past and they are uh, delicious. Honestly, you know, some might say uh, the best tasting protein bar ever, and they come in nine delicious flavors. Plus they got the special limited time flavors. Uh, when you know, 
when you're talking to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. The flavors include coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. There's something for everyone. I'm a big chocolate guy myself, so I am a sucker for the peanut butter brownie. I like the combo of the two. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugars, and only 4 grams of net carbs you can order today get that raspberry mint brownie that double chocolate whatever you would like you can get a sweet sweet offer on your first uh, order here for from built bar go to builtbar.com use promo code lock 15 and you'll get 15 percent off your first order use promo code lock 15 for 15 percent off at builtbar.com Ethan, yeah. i gotta ask you here uh i and i the pirates are all over the internet right now. How does it feel? Does it sum up the season? What the heck happened yesterday? So I guess this is something where Will Craig, I just think lost it because the thing was, is at first when I was watching it, I was like, okay, I give them a little bit of slack because I thought that there was only one out. Then they run the playback and they were like, oh, there was two outs here. So while Baez is running down the baseline, like this way, the wrong way, I'm like, why doesn't he just go back to first and touch the bag? It's a force out. Even if that runner gets home first, I think if by MLB rules, even if that runner gets home and he's yeah, safe, it's, a force out at first. it's still a force out at first, no matter what. It doesn't matter how long it takes Baez to get there. He has to get there safe for that run to score. But even worse was if you look at this game and everybody goes to that one play, if you look at this game and what eventually happened there, not only did that run score, but then Baez scores on a bloop single, and you really look at how the game ended up finishing, it was 5-3. to three. You get that out there, and it's a tie ball game going into the bottom of the ninth inning after the Pirates had two back-to-back home runs in the fourth inning. Then they score another one in the, um, in the seventh inning. Of course, the Cubs score in the ninth, but obviously the whole story of this game is different. This never happens. But everybody's giving so much praise to Javi Baez over this, and I'm like, I get it. Yeah, the dude's a good base runner and whatever, but realistically, that's just a Little League play that even, like, my eight-year-old cousin could probably make in Little League Pee Wee Baseball. Like, it's, it's, it's weird. Yeah, I didn't even I didn't think that you could run back towards home plate. That was my original. I think that's what throws you up. I mean, I've never seen someone take off on the first baseline and then turn around to run back towards home plate if they're not like a, you know, like joking around or anything. Mm -hmm. I I don't necessarily give Javi Baez a bunch of props. I, I would just say he was lucky. And, you know, that was just a you know, it's that happens. I feel like sometimes it's just a complete. I feel like there's really a lack of a better term other than just a brain fart. Like, I mean, that will never happen again. I feel like at least not, not from, from, from the pirates or anything. And I, it's just, it was just crazy to me that it just unfolded the way it did. And then, yeah, to see everyone kind of like going off or go crazy and call him a magician, not really a magician. He didn't really do anything. Yeah. He, he just kind of, he just, he just took a chance and it, and it ended up paying, paying off for him, but he didn't do anything all that, I, I feel like special quote unquote. And yeah, you just, the two outs, that was the thing too. Cause when I, I, I was in the exact same mindset as you, Ethan, I watched the play the first time and I was like, ah, oh, there's probably one out or, or no outs or something, nothing, you know, what, what can you do there? But then, yeah, when you see the two outs, you're just like, oh man, 
just yeah go to first <laughs> step on the bag it could have been so much better yeah and i mean for me is it's like you look at all the crazy things that have happened in baseball this year and bringing up bias and i brought this up on my podcast yesterday we idolize a lot of players now like fernando tatis jr javi bias acuna right now the two leaders in errors in major league baseball are javi bias and fernando tatis jr which i don't think that's a concern but it's very interesting that like Everybody says, oh, the Pirates offense is terrible. It is. It, it's not a good offense as a whole. But Adam Frazier leads the National League in hits and has like a 335 batting average. Bringing up back to story, say the Yankees overpay for him or somebody overpays for him, right? Another team that needs a middle infielder, why would you not trade for Adam Frazier, who's hitting 300 or, or well over 300, leading the National League in hits and probably have to give up way less? Way or, less. And I mean, he basically helps you. And I was going to ask you this as well. And one of the biggest concerns I've seen in baseball, you brought up strikeouts earlier, the batting average is as low as it's been in a decade. Mm -hmm. And I mean, when you have a guy like Adam Frazier as a potential trade piece, and they've now even put Jacob Stallings into this mold as a potential trade piece as well. And he's hitting the baseball pretty good over the last couple of days. Hitters might have more value than pitchers this year at the deadline, just because I mean, you need to hit the baseball to win right now. That's a, yeah, that's a great point. It. Yeah, I, I think you're really onto something there. This is definitely one of the most interesting years in terms of, yeah, just a total lack of offense. And, and whether that be maybe different philosophies where people are taking the approach where they don't really care of how they get out, so to speak, they're okay with striking out or, or something like that. I think you, you're, you're really nailing it on the head. The, the, pieces that are going to be the most valuable for these teams are ones that are going to be able to hit and produce offensively. I mean, if, because a lot of teams, why would you want to look to trade a lot of your pitchers right now? If they're doing well, if they're having success, mm -hmm. I mean, the Rockies need to make some moves in the bullpen, but I don't think they can make changes in the bullpen without losing some pieces from the starting rotation in trade. So uh, I think you're really nailing it. Teams are going to be interested in, in players that are having success this year, hitting the ball because it seemed so hard this year to hit the ball. I mean, I couldn't believe the Mets, uh, you know, the Mets pitching staff is is probably the, the bright spot of the team right now with how injured they are. And to watch their bullpen have people consistently come out and throw 95 minimum on the fastball and they're throwing a bunch of 100-mile-an-hour heaters from multiple people, that just shows that how dominant pitchers are right now. So I, I think you're absolutely right. A, a player, if Trevor Story is able to – He's not having the best year, but he's barreling a lot of balls and, 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 you know, he's still a great solid offensive piece. I think uh, those offensive statistics are going to be huge for, for players that are uh, on the block. Oh yeah. And then I always go to like Bleacher Report talking about like trades and everything right now. And um, they're talking about like moves that each team needs to make ASAP. And for the Pirates, uh, they said right-hander like Miguel Yujure needs to be in the rotation. Uh, me and uh, Gary Morgan, who's on my show every Monday have said that since he made his debut he needs to be in the rotation. And then for the Rockies, I, uh, ironically, it says after tossing 3.1 scoreless innings in the majors last season, right-hander Joe Harvey has now tallied 7.1 scoreless frames at AAA. So they're saying that he might need to come up and could he be a potential option as a bullpen arm? That's very possible as well. But going into this series now, of course, three games we get tonight, Saturday and Sunday. What are your predictions for how this series plays out, not only in wins and losses, but like improvements that can be made from the Rockies or the Pirates standpoint? 
This is a chance for the Rockies to prove that they can succeed on the road and hit on the road. They need to take advantage of a struggling pitcher tonight. They need to take advantage of being on a team where they're not going to come in with, uh, you know, a, a Marcus Stroman into a, into the, into the, uh, a bullpen like that. They need to show that they can hit on the road. That is honestly the biggest thing is the offense needs to get some form of consistency on the road because you can't ask for much more from your starting pitching right now. Your starting pitchers have done a great job of keeping games low scoring or in them. The bullpen's a whole different story. They come in and, and blow games, but the bullpen also hasn't been putting in a lot of chances to succeed. They've, they've messed up the leads when they do get them, but especially on the road, the Rockies are, are offense is the key thing that they need to, to get going. Now I believe that they have the ability to win this series. I, I but I think just like I was kind of talking about um, with locked on diamondbacks uh, before the diamondback series, when they came through, when teams are kind of similar in these same positions, I don't think it's out of the realm to think that, either one could sweep. I think the pirates are, are, are in the same way. They, they have some flashes that they, that they succeed in and they can take advantage of the Rockies mistakes, especially if the game is close and the Rockies have to turn to the bullpen because there is honestly no, no one really that comes out of the bullpen that fills me with confidence that this game is going to stay close. Sans Daniel Bard. I think he's a pretty good closer still. Mm -hmm. I think a little bit of his magic has worn off from uh, his return last year. I still love this story, but hasn't been as good as he was last year in, in the shortened season, but still a fine enough closer. It's still a, a couple of issues, but that's going to be the big story again for the Rockies is, is can they, you know, playing a team that isn't one, you know, on the road, that isn't a division rival or a big name, uh, you know, like uh, the Cardinals or whatever, can they take advantage of that and, and, and score some runs? The Rockies have scored a total of, let me do some quick math here. Uh, they scored six runs in four games against uh, the Mets. And when they played in San Diego before uh, a quick home series against the Diamondbacks, the Rockies scored a whopping one run mm -hmm. three games against the Padres. So that is, that's, that's the big thing to watch. Will the Rockies offense come out to hit in Pittsburgh? Yeah. And I think for Pittsburgh, I, it's kind of the same coin as can the offense finally give the pitching staff that has looked pretty good outside of that Atlanta series and against Cincinnati. Um, can they give them the runs they need to bolster some confidence in there? And he brought up the bullpens. The bullpen for the Pirates has also not been too, like really bad this year either. At one point, it was a top 10 bullpen in baseball. I think it's kind of fell a little bit over like the month of May. But the Pirates just need to get back in the win column. You've lost six in a row. I think tonight is arguably the most important game of the three, just because you. I think winning Friday night in PNC Park with two games left after that, you basically give your chance to win the series in one of those other two games. So get back into the win column at least. Like if the Pirates get swept here, I think all hell breaks loose. Like everybody's going to be like, whoa, we just got swept by Colorado. And that's no offense to you, but we know the state of our teams. Like right. it's like if one or the other gets swept, there's going to be a cause for concern in either market. And the Pirates, again, you brought up the bullpen. Just get five or six good innings out of your starters. Of course, you know, Keller and Brubaker starting tonight and tomorrow. You don't know who's starting Sunday, but either way, find a way to get some good starts from them. Let the bullpen do their thing that they've done all year. And the offense needs to score runs early because we've given up the most runs in the first inning in all of Major League Baseball. That's a big reason why we've lost a lot of these games is because our starter will get behind early, but then he'll gather himself second through fifth inning. But when you're already down 3-0 and the offense is giving you literally nothing to work with, 
it's very difficult. And a lot of that too goes past this Rocky series. Of course, Colin Moran, Philip Evans, Key Brian Hayes, all are slated to come back at least in the next week or two. You're also getting a lot of your pitching back. So, I mean, it's going to be a slew of roster moves over the next week or two. And I mean, outside of Trevor Story, who's like, well, if he plays in this series, who's the one guy to watch outside of, I'd say, Ryan McMahon and Trevor Story for Pirates fans to kind of be afraid of? Yeah, you know, you're looking for Rymel Tapia to bounce back after a tough series in New York. Uh, He just was, he's, He's cut his strikeouts and and really made a great approach at the uh, 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 he has developed a great approach at the plate as I stumble over my words there a lot of strikeouts from him um, there in New York so he's he's one of my favorite uh, things to for, to enjoy this series but honestly the big names are going to be the pitching staff I, I don't think you really have any true big threats on the offense Josh uh, Joshua. I should uh, uh, clarify because he's going by Joshua. Now Joshua Fuentes has the ability to bring that bat, uh, but you know, he can be very hot and cold. Um, uh, The Rockies are a solid defensive team. They're going to play the, they're going to play defense well, but look for some stuff from Ryan Tapio. look for some stuff from Joshua Fuentes. And then right now you're hoping he can find his way back into the lineup. Connor Joe has been a great story for, for the Rockies too. Uh, Just uh, he's been coming out, having some fun. And, and, and as a, as an approach at the plate, you like as a Rockies fan, because he's not, over aggressive. He draws a lot of walks. He just takes a, he's, he's okay with taking that first pitch, maybe getting down behind, but still working that count. So those are some names that I would say to look out for, but the big, big thing I think is to look for that Kyle Freeland game on, on Sunday to see how Kyle mm-hmm. Freeland comes back from uh, for on that second start. Now, as we uh, end things here, is it true with the Joshua Fuentes stuff that I think it's like his sister or his mom gets like really upset on Twitter. If you talk smack about him. Oh, I'm sure. I, I haven't heard anything like that, but I, I I feel bad for him because he's he's Nolan Arenado's cousin. So he uh, every that's forever going to follow him, and that was the beginning of the year and a reason why I I like to sometimes pop into opposing teams' broadcasts just to see what they're saying about the Rockies. But I've had my fill of uh, saying how bad the Nolan trade was and uh, referring to Fuentes as Nolan Arenado's cousin. It, the the wound is already deep enough. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's pretty interesting, too, with like a guy like Joey Gallo, the Rangers pretty much traded all of his friends. And let's see, hopefully the Pirates and the Rockies four years from now are playing in the NLCS and facing each other, and we meet back up again at that point. Boy, but, that would be awesome. Only four yes, years? Would. That would be great. Yeah, only four years, right? But uh, where can we find you on Twitter, Paul? Where is all your stuff at, like for everything on Twitter and social media for you? You can follow if you need to stay up to date with Lockery, Rockies at uh, LO Rockies for the Locked on Rockies podcast. And I'm on Twitter at Paul Holden 33. Uh, I do a bunch of other podcasts and stuff, too. So I talk about music. I talk about a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But if you're looking for baseball stuff, I talk mostly about the Rockies there at, at Paul Holden 33. And then follow the show at LO Rockies. And of course, all of you over listening on his side at Locked on Rockies, you can follow me at Locked on Pirates, see my uh, kind of reaction to the Will Craig play yesterday. And of course, other things. You can also follow me on Twitter at MVP underscore Ethan, where you can pretty much see me lose my mind about the Los Angeles Clippers in the NBA playoffs right now. And of course, the Pittsburgh Penguins, as you can see, I got that jersey right here too. Uh, Got knocked out of the playoffs Wednesday night. So, yeah, it's been a rough, interesting thing. But you know who else has it rough right now, Josh? Uh, Peter Bukowski over at Locked On Today, host of Locked On Packers. Hopefully he's kind of in the same boat as you right now, looking at a um, potential star leaving. 
Buddy, of course, we'll bring you all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes every day, Monday through Friday, covering the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs, anything crazy happening in baseball, the NFL offseason, et cetera. He has it all covered for you. And, Paul, it was awesome to have you on today. All right, another great crossover episode down have a wonderful weekend. Hopefully it's a weekend full of Rockies baseball wins and wins for our other favorite Denver sports teams as they keep rolling on through the playoffs. Big win for the Nuggets last night. Love to see it. Make sure to follow Locked On Avalanche and Locked On Nuggets for all your postseason breakdowns from those two great podcasts. And, uh, yeah, enjoy the long holiday weekend if it's a holiday weekend for you all. And let's help some uh, big things for the Rockies. Rockies Pirates tonight at 435 Mountain Time. We will see how things go for the Purple Pinstripes. Maybe they can score on the road. Here's hoping. Follow the show at LO Rockies on Twitter. I'm at Paul Holden33. Big time thanks to Ethan over there on Locked On Pirates as well. You want to make sure you follow him and Locked On Pirates so you stay up to date with all things there. Thanks again, Ethan, for doing the little crossover stuff. Until next time. I'm Paul Holden, signing off.